Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Tonight I'd like you to grab your Bibles if you would. I'd like you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to make our way there in just a few moments. And Cody, thank you so much. And thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Praise God. Right out of the gate, I want to tell you tonight, I believe in preaching messages that will save people's lives. Are you with me? I need you to be with me tonight. I believe in preaching messages that will save people's lives. Now, it's important that we herald a real word and carry a real word from the Lord in this hour. There is a strong delusion upon the land. There is, there is I, I almost named this message, weapons of mass deception. Weapons of mass deception. But I want to speak to you tonight along the lines of do not be deceived. And I want you to take notes tonight. Do not be deceived. That's where we're beginning tonight. Do not be deceived. All right? You going to be with me? Amen. Five of you. Are you going to be with me? So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is powerful. It is alive. It is active. It is sharp. So may your word, Lord, bring illumination tonight. And may your word bring salvation and hope and freedom tonight. I declare liberty tonight, liberty in this house, because the Spirit of the Lord God is here. And Lord, may your word shoot through this house like lightning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Your anointing, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Now, I do this to you a lot. I get you to a scripture, and then I want you to put some of this in your notes. And, and I do it every week, and I do it on purpose. <laughs> I have you in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'm going to be there in just a moment. But I want to start with these words of the Apostle Paul, and they're very easy to memorize. Those words are, give no place to the devil. Would you say that with me? Give no place to the devil. One more time. Give no place to the devil. Now, that is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Put it in your notes tonight. Ephesians 4 and 27. Maybe your translation you have before you says, Give no opportunity to the devil. Give no opportunity. Give him no space. Give him no quarter. Give him no pulpit. Give him no place. I want to warn you up front tonight that... There are things about the devil that we need to consider. Now, you know here at Victory, we talk about Jesus and the power of Jesus continuously. That's why we're called Victory. Amen. But every once in a while, we've got to talk about our enemy as well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have an enemy. Now, the devil's very crafty. He's very crafty. He is a master deceiver. Satan is a master deceiver. He's very crafty. 
He's very smart about his dark theater. Are you hearing me tonight? His trickery may seem one way, but we understand that it actually turns out to be something far different than what we ever could have thought, right? I want you to understand tonight and be reminded that the devil has had thousands of years working his craft on humanity. He's had thousands of years using his lies, spawning his deceptions, spawning his seductions, spawning his lust, spawning his perversions upon mankind, seducing them into what they believe will lead them into their advantage, only to be trapped by the snare of the devil. Are you hearing me tonight? We have to understand that Satan hates God's creation. He hates God's creation. And why does he hate God's creation? Let's answer that question tonight. Because God's creation that I'm looking at as sons and daughters of God, you and I are made in the very likeness and the very image of Almighty God. And that is why he has an unrelenting hatred towards you. It is because you are made in the likeness of your father. You and I are made in the very likeness and the image of our father. He hates God's creation and he desires to destroy God's creation. He's not just looking. We all know that Jesus said the thief only comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. And oftentimes we just think of the enemy being a, a thief. But you have to hear that final finale, the crescendo of what Jesus says. He comes to steal, but then he comes to kill. He comes to Bring destruction. The enemy has an, an appetite for total destruction. You've got to remember this, folks. We have a real enemy. We have a real enemy. And he's using a weapon on the masses right now. And that weapon is called deception. Deception. Are you with me tonight? He desires to destroy God's creation. I... I I've got to say again, the enemy, he has no mercy. You, you think of what is happening in the midst of global abortion upon the most innocent of creation right now. The enemy has no mercy. Are you hearing me tonight? Satan is a killer. He is a killer. Now, I'm going, again, I, I'm, I'm reminding you again, I preach messages here to save people's lives. I don't preach messages here for everyone to think that I'm great and they can applaud the message or I've got a lot of people that come up and pat me on the back. Wow, Brian, that was really good. I'm going after saving the soul tonight. Are you hearing me? Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, this is a very... Very interesting dialogue here that the Apostle Paul is laying out to us. And it's about 
First of all, I got to give you a little bit of context because what he's having to do, unfortunately, he's having to lay out uh, uh, the the framework or his portfolio of actually being a true apostle. And the reason that he's having to say that he's a true apostle is because he was living in a time of there were false apostles, false teachers, and false prophets, and he was warning us, okay? Now listen to these words, verse 10. I'm beginning there, verse 10. As the truth of Christ is in me, No one shall stop me from this boasting in the region of Achaia. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows. But what I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who who, who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we were in the things of which they boast. Verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Verse 14. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Wow. Are you seeing those words? Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. Now, Paul is laying it out. What is he saying? There are imposters. There are imposters. Not only in that age, but in this age. In this age, there are false teachers. There are false apostles. There are false teachers amongst us. False prophets amongst us. But notice what he says about the very nature of Satan himself. And it's right in verse 14. Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Wow. Now that is strong language. He transforms himself. Now, I don't have great biblical detail on that. But I will say it is an art form of transformation that leads somewhere. When the enemy transforms himself into whatever he is trying to dupe the people with, whatever form or shape that he takes on, What is he ultimately after? Here's the answer. It's deception. The enemy is desiring to release weapons of mass deception upon the church and upon the nations, upon the world. Are you with me tonight? Put this in your notes. I didn't give this to my team and the crew in the back. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Put it in your notes. In verse 13, I'm just going to read it over you tonight and make sure you look at it. 2 Timothy 3, verse 13. But evil people and imposters will go bad to worse. Oh, but evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse and they will deceive others 
and they themselves are deceived. Now, I, I read this and my mind is thinking about Bill Gates right now and Dr. Fauci and all the other minions right now out of Washington, D.C. that are vomiting filth. It says they're deceived and they're spreading deception. Listen to this. Right now, we're in 2021. How many would say 2020 was a pretty bizarre year? Can I see your hand tonight? There you are. All right, you're with me tonight. Right now, the Pope of the Catholic Church in Rome, Italy, right now, in Rome, Italy, he is praying with Muslim imams, Jewish rabbis together, Catholics, Islamic imams, Muslim imams, Jewish rabbis in the Vatican. He's leading the way right now for a coexistence global movement for a global religion. It's happening right now as we sit here. On March 19th of this year, last month, we're in April. Last year, or excuse me, last month, the Pope was calling for the new world order. I want you to sit up. I want you to hear this tonight. I want you to grab hold. I don't want you to check out tonight. I want you to grab hold, okay? The Pope is calling for the coexistence and a global movement, and he's calling forth for a new world order. An alignment of global leaders, and I quote, saying, we cannot come out of this pandemic the same and must form a new world order based on solidarity and the innovation of methods to eradicate bullying, poverty, and corruption. So with all of this working together, doing all of our own parts without delegating and passing the buck, we cannot emerge from this crisis the same way as before the corona pandemic. Then he goes on to say, listen to this. The pathway, are you still with me? The pathway to humanity's salvation is through creating a new model and a vision of development that focuses on coexisting in harmony with our creation. Now, let me give you some scripture. That sounds just like Oprah. That sounds just like Oprah and all her devil minions on her network. Keep breathing tonight because I'm going to lay it flat out. I'm coming for you tonight. Amen. Colossians 2. Come on. I don't like it when you respond. My wife gives announcements and people clap. I preach my guts out and you hear crickets. When I get done preaching, I feel like a towel that's been wrung out. I, I didn't come to give you 20% tonight. I came to give you 100%. There's the church. <laughs> come on. Thank you very much. I'll take it. Colossians 2 and verse 8. I want to say, say something about the Pope. What am I talking about? I'm talking about weapons of mass deception. I'm talking about the words of Jesus. Do not be deceived. 
Do not be deceived. Colossians 2, verse 8. I didn't give this to you guys in back. Don't you worry about it. Don't fret. Put it in your notes and look in your Bible tonight. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit. Through philosophy and empty deceit. Based on human tradition. Based on the elemental forces of the world that is not based on Christ. Everybody see that? We've got a lot of religious flattery, a lot of religious pomp, a lot of religious language that is not pointing anyone to Jesus. And when it's not pointing to Jesus, you better stop in your tracks and question what they're selling you. Are you hearing me? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6 says, Do not let anyone deceive you with meaningless words. Do not let anyone deceive you with meaningless words. Let me give you another scripture, Romans 16, verse 18. It says, Don't let them deceive you with smooth talk or with flattery words. Are you hearing me tonight? Listen, listen really good. There is religious alliances that are happening under the false flag of unity. And it's being caused by deceiving spirits. Deceiving spirits. We're going to get there. There's political alliances that are happening right now. There's financial alignments happening right now to reset the earth. It is setting the stage so fast for what is going to be coming upon the earth. We know it is right out of Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17 that literally says, you will need a mark on your forehead or in your hand to buy gas, to buy medical supplies, to buy your groceries, to take care of your family. Ladies and gentlemen, that prophetic word was given over 2,000 years ago when John encountered the living Christ. There's over 1,800 scriptures that have already been fulfilled that have been written, and more are just on the horizon about to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deception is increasing in this hour. I don't have to preach that hard because everybody in here is going like this. Deception is increasing in this hour. I will say this. We are in an age of deception. And we have to recognize it. Okay? Deception right now is trying to steal the innocence of our children. Deception is trying to train our kids in the realms of darkness. Deception is trying to rob the identity of people so much so that it's going even to the very core of robbing them of their very gender. It is a weapon of deception. It is a weapon of deception right now that parents are being told when your baby is born, you can't say whether they are a male, they are a male sex or a female sex. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a weapon from the pit of hell that is deception. 
Deception is telling America that the church is not essential. Deception is a governmental takeover and a coup, a criminal coup that we are sitting under in this hour. Deception. An imposter in the White House right now by criminal activity. A deception that hit this election that has all of us mind boggled. A man who hid in his basement. While all along, our president went all over this nation rallying hundreds of thousands of people. What an anomaly. It's called deception. Deception. There's criminal deception happening right now. Why? Because they lust for power. They have an appetite for power. They've learned an appetite for destruction. They're not worried about your rights. They're not worried about your constitutional rights. They're not worried about the absolutes of, of our constitution. Deception. I'm going to preach strong tonight. I'm, I'm coming at it. Y'all okay? For real. Y'all all right? There is a deception right now that is trying to trick you and I of what is real and tell us that it's fake. And tell us what is actually fake and phony that it's real. Are you here? There are deceptions right now that are being covered up by a, a powerful source of censorship right here in the United States of America. You understand, they're fighting to cover up their deception. And any voice that pops up against it, I am amazed at just in the social media, big tech arena, how many people are there immediately to snuff out any flame. Man, they're there with their wet blanket right away to scrub it all and do away with it. I'm, honestly, I'm amazed by it. There's deception right now in the church. There is deception in church's doctrines. There is deception in church's practices. There are so many churches right now endorsing a movement of homosexuality. Movements of the LGBTQ. And, I, and I've referenced this before. I remember when Josiah and I were in Washington, D.C. last and we rented scooters and we were going all over the city. And church after church after church after church. What was out in front of that church? The rainbow flag and the Black Lives Matters flag. I'm telling you, folks, we are being duped by deception. I'm almost 50 years old, and I am looking at the, the, the spiritual landscape of the United States of America and what we used to call church, and we're being duped by movements that are born and birthed by deceiving spirits. Wow. Wow. So I suppose tonight that this very simple thought that we must have, don't be deceived, 
is actually very important. Listen to these words, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul writes this letter to his spiritual son. In verse 1, it says, Now the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, expressly says, you want to underline that, expressly says, that's like exclamation point. That's like the Holy Spirit is shouting to you. He expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Are, are we seeing that? We're seeing that everywhere. They're departing from the faith, giving heed, watch that, giving heed to deceiving spirits and the doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Whoa. Watch that. They're, they're being influenced by deceiving spirits. Now let your spirit stand at attention tonight, folks. This is a warning from Jesus. When Jesus said, do not be deceived, what was he saying? He was giving a warning, right? Paul also spoke of a time in Titus. There would be a great falling away, an abandonment of the faith. Where people's hearts and minds are literally now set on fire. Their minds are being destroyed by lies and deception. In our key verse tonight, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 4. These are the words of Jesus. Take heed that no one deceives you. Your translation may say it like this. Watch out. Watch out that no one deceives you. What is Jesus saying to us? He's saying, do not be manipulated. He's saying, do not be led astray. Now, let me go back to the, to the beginning of this train where we started. Paul's writing a letter in 2 Corinthians to the people and saying, there's something that you need to know about Satan. He transforms himself into an angel of light. In other words, it can mask and look like it's godly. It can look like it's godly illumination, yet all the while it's actually the enemy who is working in realms of deception. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing the Lord tonight? We have to heed Jesus' warning. Now, I looked up deceived. This is what it means, deceived. It means to cause someone to believe something that is not true. Have you ever been duped? Have you ever believed something about something or someone only to then realize, man, that's not even true at all? That's quite a feeling, isn't it? When you realize, oh, my gosh, I thought this, I thought this about that individual, but now that I've gotten to know them, that's not even true at all. It's not even part of their character. You ever had that? I have. Sure. Many of us have experienced that. Deceive, it means to cause someone to believe something that's not true. Typically, now hear this tonight, it is to gain some personal advantage over them. You hear that? It is to gain a personal advantage over you. Do you know, I started this message with reminding us how crafty the devil is. Reminding you that he's had thousands of years 
seducing humanity. And as your enemy watches you, as your enemy studies you, as your enemy is patient to watch you, what is he trying to get at? As he's patient watching you, what does he want to do? He wants to gain an advantage over you. The enemy wants to gain access points. Any realm or door he can get into your life. And he transforms himself into a way that can somehow hook your appetite. You're all quiet. Y'all became the Methodist church on me. Are you with me? To be deceived means you have accepted something to be true that is false, false or invalid. Basically, you're believing a lie. That's why Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. Everyone wants a best friend like the Holy Spirit, you know, right? No one in this room likes to be lied to. Can I see your hand if you enjoy uh, people lying to you? That's right. Not a single hand. That's right. He said, I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth is the exact opposite of the spirit that is trying to deceive the masses throughout the nations right now. There's so much misinformation in the world today. Why? So much misinformation in the world today. Why? For the purpose of deceiving you. And i got to tell you honestly, honestly, I worry about so many people in the times that we live in because many people are gullible. Many people are gullible. They're so sweet and nice, you're gullible. They're not seeing through the veneer. They're taking everything at face value. I'm telling you folks, you've got to stand alert. You got to be alert. You got to be dressed in the full armor of God. You got to be full of the Holy Spirit. You got to be praying in the Spirit. I'm going to give you some weapons tonight on how to combat deception of this age. You got to stand strong. <laughs> I put this and it's without saying. Folks, if, you're, if your source is the mainstream media, guess what? You're being duped. If your source is the mainstream media, you're being sold a whole bill of goods, major epic propaganda. And I, I always say they're, they're selling a strong delusion. Just don't buy it. Just don't buy it. Now, strong words. Ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Why am I preaching like this? Because I'm preaching to save lives. I'm preaching to save lives. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, this is interesting. Normally, I think the majority of you know when I preach, I, I mostly preach out of the New King James Version. Now, I'll reference the New Living Translation. I'll reference the Passion. I'll, I'll, I'll reference uh, the Amplified. But this is interesting. In the King James, anybody have the King James in here tonight? Just good. Good. Back there, back there. Just wave at me. Yep. This is what it says. It says... Do not be deceived. Evil communication 
corrupts good manners. Whoa. That's the King James Version. Do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. In the New King James, it says this. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Hello. Every parent in this room understands you are a watchman for your children or for your grandchildren. You have to be alert. You can't be gullible about the, the, the kids around your kids in life. You are called to be the watchman over their lives. A watchman over their lives to make sure they're not running with people who are fools. They're not running with people that could harm them. Uh, running with, with people who could sexually confuse them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, there's an objective in what Jesus is saying in here. He's saying, do not accept lies and do not believe lies. you got to understand Jesus' statement. Let's take a moment to, say, to really understand, why is Jesus saying this in Matthew 24? Why is he, why is he saying this? Because in the prior, prior chapter, Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is just laid out. I mean, he has just skinned the Pharisees and the scribes alive. I mean, he's laid out woes upon them. And you need to go back and, and read those. That's Matthew chapter 23. And now Jesus is now lamenting. He's now weeping over Jerusalem because he's saying that their desolation is going to come upon them. Jesus is weeping over them because they did not discern the, the very hour of their visitation. And Jesus is sitting now in the Mount of Olives weeping over Jerusalem. Feel this tonight. Feel it. Let yourself feel this tonight. I feel it right here. And then Jesus begins to talk about the desolation that's going to come. This is in Matthew 23. Now remember, Jesus is prophesying this in A.D. 33, right? And in A.D. 70, we know what happens. The Roman general, Titus, he comes into Jerusalem in A.D. 70, and he totally ransacks and destroys, pillages Jerusalem, exactly like Jesus said. They burned the city to the ground. Remember, Jesus walked through there and he said, there's not going to be one stone left upon one another. And the disciples are marveling at the grandiose of the temple. They're saying, how in the world? I can't believe. I mean, Jesus has the audacity to say these types of things. And they're, they're trying to get Jesus' attention to say, well, Jesus, look at the magnificence of this temple. Yet Titus comes in there and they burn the place down. They melt off all of the gold overlaying every stone of the temple. And the disciples are perplexed. They're like, Oh my gosh, I mean, look at the grandiose of the temple. And Jesus is saying, there's not going to be one stone left upon another. I mean, this is, this is intense stuff, right? Then, when you study the words of Jesus, how about this? How about this in your study this week? Go back and read Matthew 23, 24, and 25. How about that? Just throw it in your, in your notes right there, in your smartphone or in your journal. Go back and read Matthew 23, 24, 25 this week. So important. So important. 
This is what happens. Jesus begins to look to the future. And he begins to prophesy, right? You understand that when Jesus was saying that, he was prophesying. And this prophecy is now narrated by Jesus himself. He starts talking about two time periods. What are those future time periods? Write it down. Number one, it's the age of the church. Jesus begins to prophesy about the age of the church, right? Then he begins to prophesy about a great tribulation. You can see the age of the church in Matthew 24, verses 5 through 8. You can see the the age of the great tribulation in Matthew 24, verses 9 through 22. Interestingly enough, some of what Jesus was speaking concerning the great tribulation, it ends up kind of blending over the time of the church. Now listen to this. For example, Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 12, Jesus says... There would be a time when people will offend and betray and hate one another. Now that seems to be certainly happening in this hour, right? They will offend, they will betray, they will hate one another. Well, that's certainly going on. And and then he goes on, we certainly live in a time where there's iniquity or there's where injustice is abound, abounding. Then he goes on, he says, the love of many will actually grow colder and colder. Notice, if you're reading right along there with me, you notice I skipped a verse because I want to key right in on this verse, and it's verse 11. Look at it. Jesus, he warned about the rise of many false prophets. Wow. You ready? And the Apostle Peter, he wrote something about the age of the church as well that I want to reference tonight. And this is in 2 Peter chapter 2. While you're turning there, I'm just going to keep on moseying along the track. You're turning to 1 Peter chapter 2 right now. Peter speaks to us and he talks about the Israelites of the Old Covenant that they had to deal with false prophets. Think about that. When you read the Old Testament, you see that Israel had to deal with false prophets all the time. But then he goes on, Peter goes on in his second letter, and he warns us, just as they dealt with false prophets in Old Testament times, he was warning us there would be false teachers and false prophets in the days of the church. Wow. So we live in a time where we actually have to deal with false teachers. I got no amen. We live in a time where we actually have to deal with false teachers, false apostles, false prophets. Are you hearing me? Remember where we started this, what Paul said. They actually transformed themselves into ministers of light, just like their father, the devil. This is sobering stuff. I'm preaching to save us. Hallelujah. Now listen what he says. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. Are you there? Yep, I see it. Great. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Wow. They will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them. You want to look at that word. Even denying the Lord that 
bought them. What, what does that mean? It, when you think about being bought, how were we bought? We were bought with the cross and with the blood. There will be teachers where they don't even want to talk about the cross. They don't want to talk about the blood of Jesus. And they will bring upon themselves swift destruction. They will secretly bring in deceptions. Listen, we're living in 2021 where preachers are, preachers are engaging in all kinds of beliefs. You know why? They want to be, here's your word, write it down, study it, understand it. They want to be inclusive. They want to be inclusive. They want to get everybody on the school bus sitting together and kumbaya. Ha ha. Sing it, children. Sing it, choir. Inclusive. You can be gay and still be a Christian. You can be a lesbian and still be a Christian. Then there's preachers that are embracing universalism. What is universalism? Everybody's going to be saved in the end. Even Lucifer himself and every fallen angel, all the third of those demons that fell with Jesus, excuse me, that fell with, I got to get my Bible right, fell with Lucifer that was kicked out of heaven. Universalism, you can find these universal churches all over Sarasota. They believe in the end, everybody's going to be saved. Everybody's going to be redeemed. And guess what the good news is in universalism? There's no hell. Isn't that great? Then why in the world would Jesus be sent and commissioned to die and give himself as the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world? I'm talking about false teachers, false teachers, false preachers embracing all kinds of demonic deceptions. It's happening all over, my friends. The words of Jesus, they're not Brian's words, they're Jesus' words. Do not be deceived. And you know what? If you're sitting in your chair right now thinking, I ain't going to be duped, you better be careful. Brian, that's not very encouraging. You better be careful. I'm, I'm going to go there now. It's two pages later in my notes. I'm going to go there. you got to know things by the Spirit of God. Church I used to pastor, I, I remember one of our staff members brought me a book. He was all excited. Actually, let me step back. One of the ladies in our church brought me a book. He's like, you got to read this book. This book's incredible. This book's amazing. You're going to be blown away. I grabbed the book. I took hold of it. I looked at the book. It was called Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis. What a catchy name. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's called Velvet Elvis. And it was written by a guy named Rob Bell from Grand Rapids, Michigan. 
pastor of church of 12,000. He was grandiose, man, 12,000. He's this young and up-and-coming pastor, good-looking guy, suave, incredible communicator. Pastor Brian, you got to read this book. He's incredible. You're going to be blown away. I just finished reading it, and it is so powerful. Thank you very much. I'll read the book. I promise you I read the book. But when I took hold of the book, I felt an unclean spirit, and I felt immediately this person was a homosexual. Now, I'm going to unpack that in a little bit when we get to the Scriptures. You have to understand things by the Spirit. You have to start discerning things by the Spirit. I read the book. The guy's no longer in ministry, hasn't been in ministry for years. Now he sits on the Oprah network telling everyone there's every imaginable way to God and heaven. And he's including Jesus just as a bonus. And his door swings both ways, even though he's married. I'm telling you, we're being so duped. There's so many preachers. You know, you know what I'm thankful for right now? It seems like God is cleaning house. It seems like God is yanking people out of pulpits that never belonged there in the first place. They had all the CEO skills. They had all the cool abilities, all the fluff, all the frills, but they had no word in them. They had no root in them. They had no conviction, no experiential power of being with Jesus himself. And now we've got oceans of false grace teachers all over this country. And I'm telling you what, God's going to deal with them in this hour. The gavel of God is coming down on this false grace message that is so deceiving the masses. People think they're being taught you can live any kind of way. You can just spit in the face of God and go to heaven. You're wrong. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man, there also shall he. Good job, church. You got to combat deception. And I'm making my way there. I know I'm preaching, but I'm making my way there. You got to combat deception in this hour. You cannot be controlled. you got to make sure you're not being led astray in this hour. Now, this is Jesus' warning to us, right? He's warning us, do not be deceived. Some of the, so, some of the people that would hear this, uh, this type of teaching, they take it lightly. And when they do, they're in a very dangerous place, very dangerous place. Now, listen. Take heed. There are many believers. Take heed. Those are strong words. Take heed. What does that mean? That means be sober, be alert. Don't take things at just face value. You better look through and peer with the eyes of the Spirit what you're really beholding. So the question that we would ask is this. How do we actually combat deception? Well, I'm glad you asked. Take some notes. Take some notes. Are you ready? 
I want you to write this down. Check the spirit. Number one, check the spirit. Write it down. Check the spirit. The first thing that we need to do is actually a spirit check. Whenever you hear me, listen, whenever you hear Brian preaching about having spiritual discernment, I always reference this scripture for you, and it's out of 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to read it right now. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Watch this. You ready? Are you with me? Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Stop right there. Underline that in your Bible. Highlight it. Underscore it. Circle it. Do it right now. Do not believe every spirit. Wow, that's a strong word. But test the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world and by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. You say amen right there. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist which you have heard was coming, and now all, it is already in the world. Oh, let's keep reading verse 4. Oh, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. I find some of the ways, some of the reasons that people are so duped are they're deceived. Write it down. It all begins in the spirit. You've got to test the spirit. You've got to test the spirit. Don't believe every spirit. Don't believe every little cunning thing or every fresh new, you know, whatever that's come out on the scene. If, you, if you've noticed something about my life, I am surrounding myself in half for over 25 years with generals that are solid. I don't run around with these guys that have been preaching for five years, seven years, ten years, and they're so, they're, they're so in love with the sound of their own voice. And when you listen to them, they're about that deep in the Word. I have surrounded myself with sound counsel. Preachers who preach under the fear of the Lord who rightly divide the word of truth. It all begins in the spirit. Man, I'm not mad at anybody. I am just preaching my guts out. Are you all okay? <laughs> I love you, church. I love you. The reason that people get deceived, here, here's one of the reasons, is because their spirit is already willing to accept or believe whatever they're being fed. I'm going to say it again. They're gullible. When people are gullible, they actually can develop an appetite to be lied to. They can develop an, ap an appetite for lies. And why is that? Because they're not anchored in the Word. And because they're not anchored in the Word, they're spiritually drifting. And so the enemy can come in the night and right in their field, in their heart, plant seeds of darkness and deception. And because they have no Word, because they have no root in them, they're not able to stand up and fight against those seeds of the enemy to take them out. 
You'll see people being duped when they're not consecrated to God. What do I mean by that? If you, it, listen, if you tolerate pet sins in your life, if you tolerate realms and areas of your life into sins that are your pet little sins, let me tell you, that will bring you into danger of deceptions. You don't, thank you, Bob, you don't want to coddle sin in any area of your life. Why? Because it opens up an access door to the enemy to come in. Why? Because he's been watching you. He's been observing you, looking for an opportune moment. Why? I want to I gain a personal advantage over her. I want to gain a personal advantage over him. He's waiting, watching, studying. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing the Lord tonight? Hear the Lord. And then here's another thing with checking the spirit. You find out that a lot of people do not truly meditate and think through things spiritually concerning the word. John writes this. He says that we should not believe every spirit. We're to test the spirits because many false prophets and teachers have gone out into the world. As believers, listen, you are to test the spirit. Here's the meaning of that. You need to test what you're hearing and what you're reading and what you're being taught. You need to listen. Listen, how many times do I say to you, take notes or turn to this scripture? Take notes. When you hear me say, turn to this scripture, that's, that's your anchor, folks. That's your rock. Right? That's why we never make apologies in this church about how many scriptures. Wow, we just looked at 50 scriptures tonight. That's right. We preach the Bible here. I want you anchored. I want you solid. I want to be able to look at you and go, that guy, that man, that man's anchored. That man's solid. That man saw, it's Mark Godlewski's birthday tonight. Give it up for Mark tonight. You know what? Mark is solid. I'm thankful he's solid, that he fears the Lord. You need to surround yourself with women and men that are solid, anchored, anchored in the Word. Are you hearing me tonight? I know I've asked you that a thousand times, sorry. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, I want you to understand the Spirit of God lives and dwells within you. He is dwelling at the inner chambers of your spirit. And you can ask the Holy Spirit because the Word and the Spirit will always be in agreement. They will always run congruent with one another. You protect yourself by anchoring yourself in the word of the Lord and then by having communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit to teach you all things. And he will. He will. If you meditate in the word, if you commune with the Lord, then how will you be led astray? You won't. You won't be led astray if you're anchored in the word and you're having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And you're anchoring yourself and you're making yourself a man of worship every day. That this isn't just your experience of worship with Cody and the gang. No, you're living a lifestyle of worship. You're worshiping through the word. You're worshiping through reading the word. You're developing your inner life. You're developing your inner life. 
being with God in the secret place. You know what will happen? The enemy will come and you'll know it immediately. You'll sense an atmospheric shift and you'll know that is the enemy. Submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Number two, go to the source. Write it down. Go to the source. A lot of times people take what they hear at face value. They just take what they hear at face value. They don't even question it. And many times we do that with a lot of information, both in the natural and in the spiritual. A lot of, a lot of times people will even take spiritual information because they heard it from someone else. This is important. This is big. I'm going to say this again. When I suggest to you to take notes, I want you to take notes. For those of you that don't take notes, just take notes. <laughs> when you hear me say, turn here in your Bible, you should turn there in your Bible. This, this Bible, honestly, when I preach, this Bible right here is so hard to read. I've, I don't know how many covers I've put on this Bible. I've preached all over the world with this Bible, but there's so much writing in it, it's hard for me to read. Sometimes I get all tongue-tied up here. I'm falling all over myself. I can't read it because there's so much writing that, you know, there, there's dates in here, 2001, 1995, 1999, and, and stuff that I've written all over the world. It's hard to read. See, you got to be anchored. you got to stay right here, and you can't get away from it. you got to do the, you got to do the elementary things. you got to do the rudimentary things things you got to go back to the basics so to speak you know you know when spring spring camp happens down here you know what they do the guys that are pros the guys that are pros do you know what they do they soft pitch them and they hit grounders and they watch the ball all the way into their mitt and they scoop it up and they throw it the first you ever seen that and you know what? I can sit there all day and watch them and it's so goofy. <laughs> you know, I just sit there, oh yeah, there they go throwing the ball. Yeah. They're the pros. They're the best of the best. They're the best of the best. What are they doing? They're doing the rudiments. They're doing the basics. Just jogging the bases, right? They're hitting grounders. They're watching the ball all the way into the mid. They're throwing it to first. They're rounding the bases. What are they doing? They're doing the elementary things. You know why? It works. It works. It works. You got to follow the ball all the way into your mitt. Why? Because it works. Well, that's just really deep, right? It's really good preaching. Really good preaching. So I said, go to the source. What am I saying? I'm saying, go to the word. In other words, you have to study and research the word. You can't be lazy in this. Please study research the word now listen paul writes in first timothy chapter 4 i'm giving you the word again first timothy chapter 4 verse 13 paul says give attention to reading to exhortation and to doctrine don't miss that don't miss that paul says give attention to reading to exhortation and to doctrine now i'm going to give you another scripture second timothy chapter 2 Verse 15, listen what he says. Be diligent to present yourselves approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've heard, you've heard me say this to you many times. If you can rightly divide the word of truth, that means you also could, there's a warning, you could wrongly 
divide the word of truth. Remember, Satan transforms himself into what? An angel of light. He's trying to tell Jesus about the word. Hello. Jesus is out there in the wilderness and he's quoting the Bible to him. What an enemy. See, he's crafty. Oh, but then Jesus would stand. But it is also written. Are you hearing this? But it is also written. My God. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. I'm going on. And I think these scriptures are right there with me. Yeah, they're tracking with me. This is so good. Peter says, be advised, be even more diligent to make your election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Wow. Wow. Sadly, a lot of people stumble and they're deceived. Why? They didn't put the study in. They didn't put the study and the research in. My friend, my friend, oh, my friend, read, dig, research, memorize, Write it on cards. Put those cards in your car. Say them. Say the word. Memorize the word. Speak the word. Say the word. Decree the word. You can't simply accept everything that you hear. Number three, seek wisdom from those that you trust the most. Seek wisdom from those you trust the most. What am I saying? I'm saying seek wise counsel. Listen carefully tonight. You've got to watch people and find people who are genuine in their faith. You find wise counselors to surround yourself with. You can't do this alone. I don't do this alone. You understand that? I don't do this alone. I have people that I go to that speak into my life, that we bounce things off of one another. You've got to have that. Wise counselors. So that you'll move in wise doctrine, right? Now Solomon said this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cruise here. We're just about there. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4. Solomon said, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. You see that? Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You've got to seek counsel. Seek out the wise. Give serious consideration to what they say. Listen to the wise. Listen to wise counselors. It's so important. We're not an island unto ourselves. You can't do it alone. Then take what they've given you. Research it. Open the scriptures. Do another spirit check. Did what my counselors... Did what they say go to the Word? Did my counselors anchor it in the Word? Then go back and test the Spirit. You see what I'm saying? You test it. You test it again. You test it again. You open the Word. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. We know it well. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not into your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Write it down. Follow your heart. And I'm going to give some definition on this. And I need to give some definition because we need to understand that what is in our heart is actually it has to be filtered by the Word of God. It has to be filtered by the Word of God. If you're going to be led 
by, by what, is, what is in your heart. you got to have a reservoir of the Word of God hidden in your heart. Remember the words of David. I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You've got to make sure that you fill your heart with a reservoir of the Word so that you're walking properly, that there's sound footing for your path of life. Can I have 10 more minutes? Thanks, Mark. 10 more minutes, guys. I'm, I'm modifying my message up here as we go. I want you to write this down. Don't walk by your feelings. Don't walk by your feelings. I got to make some points right here. Don't walk by your feelings. And you need to take this, take heed to it, be very careful. Because the devil, listen to me, listen to me, the devil is more than able and capable of making you feel things. He transforms himself into an angel of light. He can cause you to feel things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Things that did not come even from God. You know what I've watched? I've watched in the last decade many, many Christians come out of the closet and announce that they were homosexuals. Look this way, everybody. You know what I heard them say? I've never felt such a liberating feeling in all my life. Feeling. Are you hearing me? It's a feeling. I have read over the last 10 years so many letters, even out of, I mean, Christian Today magazine, Charisma magazine. I read these letters from pastors that preach for 10, 20, nearly 30 years, now leaving their faith and can hardly believe in God anymore. And you've seen their pitiful, wretched stories yourself, and you read them. How? It was a feeling. A feeling that God left them. A feeling that God wasn't faithful. A feeling that God really isn't who He said He was. I've watched people in churches. That guy had a feeling. You know what his feeling was? He had a feeling that he should divorce his wife and marry another woman inside the church. It was a feeling. No, you know what it was? It was a deception. Weapons of mass deception. And people that aren't anchored, and people that haven't been with God, are being duped. And I will tell you this, in these last days, I don't know how the enemy is going to metamorphosize himself and how, that's another word, transform, metamorphosize. I don't know how he's going to actually reveal himself in all kinds of false things, but I'm telling you, people are going to fall for the trance of it. You've got to be anchored. Meditate on the Word. Study the Word. Seek wise counsel. Meditate on the Word again. Make sure that you're not going to fall. Make sure you anchor yourself so you can stay out of the realms of deception. Man, Brian. Yeah, I know. That's right, man. Grab hold of it. Eat your vegetables. 
I'm going to give you a few more scriptures. Proverbs 14, verse 15. Proverbs 14, verse 15. Solomon said, he said, the simple believe every word. What is that? They're gullible. They're gullible. The simple ones, they believe every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. There's weight in that. Let me give you another one. Proverbs 14, verse 18. Solomon said, the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Woo! The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. I'm going to close with this. You have to arm yourself against the wiles of the devil. You have to arm yourself against the deceptions that the enemy is waging towards you in this hour. How are you going to do it? It's Ephesians 6. you got to put on the whole armor of God. You have to put on the helmet of salvation. You've got to put on the belt of truth. You've got to let your feet be shod in the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've got to put on the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to take up your shield of faith so that you can distinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What are those? They're deceptions. Deceptions. Boom. Deceptions. Boom. Deceptions. Boom. Then finally, my brethren, take up the sword of the Spirit. Take up the Word of God. Take up the Word of God. It's your weapon. Here's your other key. How are you going to wage a good warfare? You're going to pray in the Spirit always. Ephesians 6. Yes. Thank you, Cody. Yes. Ephesians 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. There's just so much right there. How are you going to overcome? How are you going to wage warfare against the deception? Pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, you know what happens? Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter in the book. It's pretty easy. Jude 1 verse 20 says, when you pray in the Spirit, you're actually building up your most holy faith. You're actually pumping iron in the Holy Ghost. When you pray in the Spirit, you're actually enlarging yourself. You're actually way bigger than you've ever thought. When you pray in the Spirit, you're enlarging yourself in your faith. So that you can actually wage a good warfare against the enemy. You won't be confused. You want to get confusion out of your mind. Pray in the Spirit. When I, when I feel, when I feel, listen, we all feel, when I feel confusion, I need to spend more time praying in the Spirit. That's why it's important. Cody, this is so important, bro. It's so important that we, we always are mixing, really praying in the Spirit. And Sandra and the ladies are up here, or whoever's up here, praying in the Spirit. You see what I'm saying? You pray in the Spirit and with understanding. It should be the same in our worship. We should pray and we should worship in our understanding and we should worship in the Spirit. That's where we get access to the mind and the heart of God. and Things begin to just start dropping in on us. Hallelujah. I'm going to end with this scripture. I don't even want to end, but I got to end. I don't want to end. 
You know how hard this is? Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For the weapons, verse 4, sorry. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling. You have weapons. It's the weapons of the Spirit casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Underline that. That it exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Folks, look this way. How are you going to go? How are you going to know the knowledge of God if you're not breaking this open? How are you going to know the knowledge of God if you're not breaking this open? You have to know what is exalting itself against and over supremely against the knowledge of God. You won't know the enemy is working a, a crafty little trickery on you. You see? Casting down every vain imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled. Hallelujah. I'm going to go back to this, to the front. And I'm going to end with this thought tonight. I want you to hear it again. Give no place to the devil. Say it with me again. Give no place to the devil. Say it one more time. Give no place to the devil. That's Ephesians what? 4.27. Ephesians 4.27. It means don't give him opportunity. Don't give him opportunity. You can put your Bibles aside tonight. Cody, would you come? Before we pray, before we pray, can I talk to you about something in the natural? When we started 2020, are you guys with me? When we started 2020, Josiah was getting ready to fly out for New Zealand to go to YWAM. We started the year receiving communion with about 7,000 believers in Orlando. And we were so excited about coming into 2020, the roaring 20s, right? And we were prophesying the decade of God releasing the lions and the lioness, right? That we would be roaring, and we are going to be roaring this decade. Hallelujah. No one could have ever thought what was going to happen in 2020. And now, kind of chronicle what's happened in the last 15 months. Look at all the lies we have been told. Look at all the lies that have been propagated against our people and our citizens. Look at what has happened in this criminal election. Look at what is pouring out of Washington, D.C. right now. Folks, weapons 
of mass deception. When, I, I don't even want to call him it, when the individual in Washington, D.C. stands up and says, your amendments are not absolute. It, they are waging such a dangerous, demonic warfare against us. No one would have ever believed the last 15 months have looked the way that they are. One thing I believe we're all certain and we know, we are going to come in to the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this nation and globally in the earth with or without whatever president, with or without them. We, the ecclesia, are going into the greatest harvest of souls we've ever seen. But we're also having to wage a mega warfare. Keep yourself clean. Keep your integrity clean. Keep your character clean. Keep yourself in the Word. Keep yourself anchored and develop your inner life in prayer. Develop that worshiper. Let that worshiper this year of 2021 and you bloom. And just, just expand and grow in God. Make sure you're anchored. There's a lot of deception out there. And you know what I, what, you know what I found about this church? I look at you. There's a lot of people in this church that are, they're very educated. They're studying. And they're in the Word. And they're with God. And they're also seeing what is really happening. And they're not being duped. They're solid. The winds are blowing, but they're resolute. The winds are blowing, but they know what's up. Are you hearing me? I want to preach to you strong like my family. You're my family. I want to preach to you strong. I want you to be bold. I want you to be courageous. I want you to be powerful, bold in God. And don't give the devil any place in your life. Don't give him any place. And wherever your feet trod, you go forth bringing the kingdom. And you back the devil right out of that territory. You don't give him any place. You don't give him any dominion. You take the authority. You set the atmosphere. You set the momentum. Come on. Are you with me? You set the momentum. You set the course. Father, thank you for this powerful night. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what happened throughout worship tonight as a family and the beauty of it and your words of life that have been pouring through the house tonight. Lord, thank you for even strong words of warning, words of discipline, words to harness us in so that we walk worthy of our divine calling, that we walk circumspectively, Lord, to honor you and worship you through our life.
tonight, Lord, we pledge. We just make it your prayers. I pray over you. Lord, we just pledge tonight to anchor ourselves in the Word of God. We pledge our lives to anchor ourselves in the Word, to study your Word, to speak your Word, to pray your Word, to decree your Word, and ultimately, Lord, to believe your Word every time. We will believe your Word. Hallelujah. I bless you in the Spirit tonight. I bless you, my friend. I bless you, brother. I bless you, my sister, in the Spirit tonight. The Lord strengthen you. The Lord nourish you. The Lord build you up and encourage you tonight. The Lord give you powerful uh, spiritual perception in the eyes of the eagle to look through the lens and to discern where the enemy is at so you give him no place. So that you discern the attack before it's coming. That you posture yourself right, humbly, but yet bold and ready. May the Lord keep you, make His face shine upon you, and give you peace. I bless you in the name of Jesus, the name above all names. Those of you watching online, we just extend this blessing to you in the name of the Lord. I wish you were in this room tonight, but I'm glad that you're with us tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, let your anointing touch our dear friends right now wherever this video or it will it'll be heard weeks from now or days from now or months from now by others lord may that anointing be like fire let there be fresh fire anytime anyone grabs a hold of this video let there be an impartation of the holy ghost in jesus name come on can we give the lord praise tonight hallelujah Hallelujah. We're going to open up the altars tonight to spend time with the Lord. We're also going to open up the altars. Those of you that have, you, you know who you are. You're on our prayer team. You've been with us in the class. If there's anyone that comes up and needs prayer tonight, join them in prayer. Amen. Love you guys. Good night, everybody. Have an amazing supernatural week. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.